0: Fans, thank you for listening to State of My Sports, where we talk about State of Michigan sports and State of Michigan beer. If you aren't following us on social media yet, please do so by searching State of MI Sports. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast along with our YouTube channel so you do not miss an episode. For even more content, check out our website, stateofmisports.com. Before we get into the episode, Episode 79. I'm Sam Waldhart. With me today, we have Ryan Waldhart and Jarrett Fenwell. We're ready to drink some Michigan beer. We're ready to talk some Michigan sports. We're going to talk some Michigan State, the upset against Michigan. We're going to talk about their upcoming matchups, some keys to the games, um, and then we're going to talk about the Lions. They lost to the Colts, but we'll we'll figure out why, and we'll talk about the matchup here. Uh, with the Vikings, we do have a Vikings fan on with us today. Skol. but We're, we're not going to hold that against him. And I'm sure he's rooting for the Lions just as much as we are at this uh, point. I don't know. I might be on the
1: Vikings train. <laughs> Maybe. What, um, what a difference a week makes, right? Right. It's crazy. Last week we were
0: all like this, win,
1: win, win. This yeah. game is, uh, we'll talk about it.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, Before we get into our beer introductions, I did want to talk about a couple things. Uh, I don't want to say small things, but just quick little topics that we have. Uh, First, I want to start with the Detroit Tigers. They hired A.J. Hinch. For the people that don't know who that is, he was the Astros coach for, I want to say, five years, something along those lines. Made the playoffs four times, he won a World Series, but he has that cheating scandal above his head or lingering over his head that people uh, bring up as an issue. I wanted to talk just real quick about how we feel about that hire for the Detroit Tigers. Ryan, I'd love for you to kind of start us off and and give us your initial thoughts on when they hired him. I don't think they could have had a better
1: hire. I mean, I think this is exactly the kind of guy that we wanted with a rebuilding team with young players. He did the same thing with the Astros when they had their young crop of, of talented guys coming in. I actually, honestly, really like the, the the part of him cheating too. I think this is something that will teach the young guys to compete and and to, to do anything they can to win. I'm not saying I like want them to go start cheating as much as they can, but I mean, look, that was a full team effort. You know, they were they were doing stuff on the side that was a little bit shady as a full team, like. I don't know, as a coach, is he going to be the one to, to take the entire blame? Was it, was he the mastermind of the whole thing? Did he even know about it initially? I mean, those are the details that we don't even know about. Yeah. So I think, you know, of course he's going to take the blunt of, of you know, all the blame for this whole scandal, and him and the GM. But yeah. I don't think it's all on his shoulders. So in the end, we got a great manager who knows how to handle pitching staffs, who knows how to handle young players. Especially the type of players that we have coming through the system.
0: Yeah, I think before they even won a World Series, like he took over a bad organization. I think they were they weren't it wasn't the, the, the hundred loss team, was it? That oh yeah, he took, oh, It yeah. was okay. Oh. So the hundred plus loss team, he turns them into like a seventy four win team, and then from then on out, they they made the playoffs, and he it, it, and signs stealing. Aside, he has been in game sevens. He's been in World Series games. So if and if this is what this organization wants, if they want to really start building towards the next run, he is the perfect manager for it. Jarrett, I know you're you're more of a Red Sox fan, but how do you feel about the hire for for the Red or for the Tigers?
2: Uh, people call me a scam bag for no for a reason. All right, I like <laughs> I like coaches with scams because listen, if you're <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to claim. <laughs> If you are cheating, you're trying to win. And that is like, it. yes, is it a scam? Uh, maybe a little bit. But when you actually break it down, like I'm the same with Urban Meyer. And this is, of course, I'm a Florida Gator fan. He won me some championships. When he left Florida, we found out, you know, he's kind of a dirty coach. We had some bad people on there, bunch of kind of scams, you know, a little. But I personally, I love it because in my head I'm thinking, this man, it's not about just money for him. He's trying to win. And it, he might not be the best person in the world. It's not the best morals, but yeah. he's trying to win. And I want a person leading my team that is trying to win. And,
1: and, I, think, and I think that just trickles Tigers down. that. That just trickles down yeah. to the players too, right? If the manager, if he cares about winning that much, th- the organization will care about winning that yeah, much.
0: Yeah, I, I look at him as more of the scapegoat. And- for the guy that kind of took the brunt. None of the players got suspended, nothing along those lines. He got suspended, the GM got suspended for a year. Obviously, they both got fired as well. um, But that's the way I look at it, is it's like somebody has to take the blame. You can't suspend a whole team. You can't suspend all of these guys. Um, I I kind of look at it as, as similar to the steroid era, is the coaches knew it was happening, but they just let it happen. They can't control the players. As much as you want to manage them, you can't control them. This is their livelihood. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think Ryan said it. I don't know if we were recording yet, but like basically, do we really know how much he knew going into this? Or was this kind of a side project that that the other guys are doing?
2: So, I did learn that uh, with the case that was against Hinch and stuff, he knew about it. He actually had a few times where he destroyed the monitor that was like proving that they were... So, he he didn't... To hide it, he you're didn't saying? fully. Yeah, he wasn't like all for it. Okay, he actually disagreed with it to somewhat, but he just didn't report it. That was his yeah. thing. Like he he didn't agree with it, but he should have probably reported. Like, hey, you know, we got in this little stretch where we were banging on drums or, or recording whatever. Yeah. but he actually did have moments where he destroyed mon. He destroyed them, and said, "This is not." This is not I don't approve of this, yeah,
1: and you know what good for him for not and selling his players out, yeah, and
2: yeah, throwing so like them I kind bus. of agree, I probably
1: would have done the same thing as a
2: coach, I would have said this is wrong, I feel like this is not right, but let's move on from this, yeah. and they you know, I'm sure he there was a little more, he probably could have reported, like I said, but like that part there, it shows me, like, yeah, he cares about maybe his players, but he didn't fully agree that it wasn't his idea by any means saying. Hey, let's go cheat. Let's go bang on yeah, drums for yep. plays. But and then also, real <laughs> random, fact, the random fact. Random <laughs> fact. This is classic. His year-long suspension was the second longest suspension for an in-game misconduct. Only compared to Jack O'Connor, who was the St. Louis Browns manager that was banned for life from the MLB in nineteen ten because he tried to throw the American League batting title to Nap. LaJoy by bribing an official to change an error to a hit. Oh He actually God. he actually bribed an official what? to change an error to a hit to officially move declare him somebody to, else. to declare him the national batting oh title. God. I agree with that life. too. not that crazy? It,
1: I guarantee you, it was a hit. Yeah. Anybody right? who's looking for a hit in seven <laughs> error, they're right every time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: I I I like the hire. So my I my biggest concern is like the next one year. Or two years probably will other players want to come play for him? I'm I'm curious about that. I think that they respect him probably, but he still has that over his head. Where it, unless it's Astros guys that are contracts aspiring and become free agents and want to play for him, you'll be interested to see. Like I guarantee you, Trevor Bauer is not going to come play mm-hmm. for the Tigers with him. You know what I mean? And I'm sure there's a lot of guys um, that will. Now the Tigers are in a different spot where they're if they're going to be successful, it's going to be through, you know developing these players it's not going to be about getting six or seven free agents so i don't think that's that it's that, been that important but i'm it's just something that i that i thought of that i thought was worth questioning and seeing like where where it goes you know what i mean
2: and one other thing uh one thing that i found really kind of different from the previous years of when like the tigers were looking for a manager is world series got done 30 minutes later Tigers are calling Hinch because the the world's his suspension was officially yeah. done. We want you come fly, you know, come fly yeah. here. Let's meet. They their minds were set on Hinch the moment I think he got suspended. They said we're gonna have a shot at this, right? guy. They I loved this guy. I remember saying that. I remember thinking it was right sure. away, and yeah. literally 30, 30 minutes after when the suspension finally hit. They were. They called him immediately.
1: Well, and then it, and it makes you think about Rod and Gardenhire too. Like, I know. yeah, you know, true. He, he just was done mid season. He was like a, at a random <laughs> spot, so he probably got word of this. Yeah. They probably broke the news to him, and he said, "You know what? Screw you guys. Yeah, screw you. I'm done. Then, yeah. like, I'm yeah. not going to just sit around for you guys to you know hire this guy guaranteed without any other option here. Exactly. So, so he probably felt a little slighted on that side, and and that explains some of that unknown, you know, from yeah. earlier.
2: And I'm a Red Sox fan, and we're, listen, we're gunning for Cora. Like, and Cora was the other coach that that got banned a year. And it's just showing, like, to me, the suspension, this whole thing with the Astros, I think both managers knew it was bad. They weren't, like, the head of this saying we should be doing this to try to win. Yeah. They're both really good managers. Cora won us a freaking World Series. So, like, (laughs) we're, I think this is a great move for the Tigers. I think they need to sign him up long term, get him in. Yeah. And, this is a great start. You want to start rebuilding and get these young guys in. I think Hinch is the man.
0: It screams to so, me that it go. might not be 2021's they're, we're going for it season, but I think they're very close. You know what I mean? Yeah, 2021's uh, definitely not. Yeah, I, think, but I mean, 2023 I feel like might be looking I think 2022, it. if these players develop it the way they should be and, and have a good 2021, then you're ready to spend yeah. and you're ready to go and ready to win. But, uh, Another uh, big news that happened. This was actually today. Uh, Anthony Mantha finally got his new deal. He was a restricted free agent. He signed for four years for five point seven per year. Obviously, um, I'm a big fan. I've been calling for this for a while. I I was wondering why it was taking so long. Still know why it did, but he got locked up five point seven. He's getting paid what he deserves um, when he's healthy. I think that's going to be the key is if this deal's worth it, is if he's going to be healthy. Um, no matter what, he, he's our hes our guy. He's our goal scorer. And I'm very glad that he's uh, on board Uh for the next four years. I'm really excited about that. Uh, But it is time to introduce our Michigan beers for episode 79. But before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partners, Cisleano's Market, they're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicilianos Market is the best place for that. Uh, they not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of craft beer um, from across our great nation, uh, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own, or you can, yeah, mix and match. That's the right word, right? Yeah. To build your own six-pack. Um, they also, obviously, the craft beer, but they also have uh, specialty wine, cigars, spirits, cider, everything all the specialty things that they got, um, and they also are the, the largest uh, supplier, or they have the largest selection of homebrewing and winemaking supplies in West Michigan as well. Uh, we love that Sicilian's Market is part of the state of my sports family, and it is who we visit to pick out our beer for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. Um, Ryan, will you start us off with your beer introduction?
1: Yeah, I am drinking Merkenstein from Austin Brothers Beer Company. Uh, this is a New England style IPA with Citra and Mandarina Bavaria hops. It's part of their murky series. So 7.2 alcohol by volume, 55 IBUs. Um, it is, It is. what would you call it? Very, very hazy. Yeah. Right? Yep, definitely. Murky. Hazy Very murky. There you go. That makes sense. All right, nice. Cool, cool can, too. I like it. Yeah. They have good labels.
0: Jarrett, what are you drinking?
2: Yeah, so I have a uh, New Holland, which big fan of New Holland. Uh, it's Golden Sales Lager. It is a five point three percent alcohol per volume. Uh, it's good. It's and I think anytime you th- see a golden ale um, or a golden lager, it is something that I, I'm not going to expect. Very highly, is that weird? Like, when you see golden lager, do you ever expect, like, this is going to be my favorite very beer? Very flavorful, no, it's not just really, gonna be yeah, like hey, a normal like it's average, pretty, yeah, but like it's good for a golden lager. Um, but I like the can, it has for gezellig times. I had to look to see what that meant, it <laughs> means for cozy times. So, there you go,
0: awesome. I am drinking Great uh, jollies. from Brewery Vivant, which is in uh, from East Poland. Is it East Town or East Grand Rapids? I don't know which one Vivant's in. What's it? it's, east yeah, Grand Rapids it's or East, east Town? Yeah. I get east those town, two confused yeah. all the time. East Town. Um, I know where it is. I could point at it, but that doesn't do any good. <laughs> On a map? Could you uh, find it? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it I'm drinking there, the a Ski Patrol. It is their winter wheat ale. Um, it's brewed with card cardamom cardamom, cardamom. and orange peel. Um, orange peel. It's kind of spicy. Um, It has a nice orange flavor to it, Um, but the wheat might be a little turned off for me, but uh, I'll let you guys know at the end of the episode. And then we are all going to uh, also grade State Change, which is uh, Transient's um, Double Dry Hopped India Pale Ale. It's 8.5% alcohol. Uh, We will grade that one at the end of the episode. Uh, But let's just jump right into... uh, the terrible terrible thing which at least one? in my opinion yeah Whoa. which one what are you uh, talking we're, we're going to start with Whoa. Michigan Michigan State uh it is the the big news across the state of Michigan uh i mean then number 13 Michigan was upset by in-state rival Michigan State uh 27 to 24 after a late Michigan touchdown made the game or made the game a little uh, more respectable on the scoreboard at least uh Michigan State came in ha- has uh excuse me As a three touchdown favorite, or sorry, underdog. Wow. And Rocky Lombardi uh, had himself a day going 17 to 32 for 323 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Freshman Ricky White had eight catches on 10 targets for 196 yards. That's a 24.5 average. He also had a touchdown. Uh, Running back Connor Hayward had the other two uh, receiving touchdowns, uh, but Jordan Simmons was uh, the featured back getting the bulk of the carries at 14 for 55 yards on the ground. Michigan's quarterback Joe Milton went 32 of 51 for 300 yards uh, with 11 different receivers getting at least one catch. Roman Wilson led the team with 71 yards on five catches, and Giles Jackson led with seven catches for 58 yards. Uh, Milton also led the team with uh, 59 rushing yards on 12 carries, and Hassan Haskins uh, had 56 on 8 carries for a 7-yard average. Uh, so I, I really I, I don't know where to start with this. So obviously we're, we're going to look at this game two different ways. you got Michigan State's version, and you have Michigan's version. Unfortunately, you can't talk about both in the same breath because Michigan State deserves a crap ton of credit the way they played that fo- football game, but then without... The way Michigan played and was prepared—I mean, they're not going to win that game either. You know what I mean? So you got to talk about them differently. I feel like so. Let's start with with Michigan State. Um, I, congratulations to them. I thought they—they they actually they had one of the most perfect game plans drawn up, and they executed it to a T. Uh, I completely agree. It, it was—it was so frustrating. Obviously, I'm a Michigan fan, so I'm going to try not to get too emotional about it, especially when I'm talking about what Michigan State did right to win that football game. Um, but, I mean, I just want to start by Mel Tucker. You shocked the world with, by having that. Your coaching staff had your team absolutely prepared and ready for this game. And they whether you played up or you're better than what we thought, you guys absolutely dominated a team that you sh- probably shouldn't have dominated, I think is, is a fair way to look at I mean, it.
1: You go back to last week's game for Michigan State against Rutgers, and you, they lost against Rutgers, number one. So, yeah. obviously, you're going to be thinking that's a terrible terrible performance. They turned the ball over seven times and almost won that game. I don't care how bad of a team you're playing. If you're playing a high school team as a college team, seven turnovers, my goodness, you're, that's like half or more of your possessions. So it'd be staying in the game, you're obviously talented enough to do something. I think what we saw in this game is Michigan State had a game plan from the very beginning with their offense and they stuck to it. Look, Rocky Lombardi didn't have great numbers. You know, He was 17 of 32, yeah. just over 50% completion percentage but those 17 completions went for 323 yards.
0: That's what's crazy. And, and it, his numbers on paper right here look so much better than what they looked throughout the game. Yeah. I thought like cuz I thought I remember looking at halftime it felt like he had like he was like 7 to 21 or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, I just it was remember like looking at like, 19 or something. What in the world is going on? His numbers weren't good, but then at the end of the game I, I I'll disagree that I think his numbers do look good in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think I think the eye test tells us something different the way it all happened. Uh, we'll get into that. But, Jared, what were you going to say? So
2: I was going to say his – all right, so his numbers were perfect for Michigan State standards, 17-32, 300 yards off of 17 completions. is crazy. But when you think about the – all right, Michigan had how many holdings and in pass interferences, which were compl- they were going to be completions? Yeah. So Lombardi's numbers, I mean, legit, if you don't hold them – or touch them. Some of them were questionable, and that's. But guess what? That's how they're calling the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And but, I'm not.
1: I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I Lombardi think
2: Lombardi could have easily had 380, 390 yards if those are completed. Well, and I
1: think what we need to pay attention to is, you know, the game plan was one on one with the cornerbacks. Go beat them. Yeah. You know, go beat them downfield. Those aren't. Those aren't high percentage throws. It's not like he was dinking and dunking mm-hmm. underneath. He he obviously did with you know Connor Hayward. Yeah. In there a little bit too. Um, but most of these throws were to the wide receivers on the outside at the edge on the sidelines. Yeah. That is the complete opposite game plan that we saw from Michigan attacking the middle of the field. Yeah. And I, I, I'm actually going to say, like, even though it's just 50%, I mean, it, it was very impressive because those were difficult throws and opposite of what we've seen Rocky Lombardi up until this point. He, he usually puts the line – or puts the ball on, like, a line drive type of throw, and that's what yeah. he always does. I mean, how many balls did we see that was just lofted at, like, a 45 or, or steeper angle? Yeah. Every time. He was and putting tons of air under the ball. I
2: will say, I don't – I really don't – I don't know Michigan State's offensive coordinator's name. I don't – I'm guessing Tucker had to deal with it, but, like, 17 of 32, that's not very aggressive. Like, 32 pass attempts in college is is good, nothing aggressive. State was not aggressive. They really weren't. If you actually watch that game, almost every pass play, like you said, was a finesse lob 15, 20 yards down the field. If you catch it, great. If you don't, whatever. You might get a but penalty. If or it's third and long, State's yeah. running the ball. State was just running and saying – don't turn the ball over. Yeah, they right. learned from the last week. Yeah. If we don't turn the ball over, they would have smacked Ruggers. Yes. They would have smacked them.
0: Yep. Sticking with with Rocky Lombardi, I think that their game plan was do not hold on to that ball any any longer than you have to. It was It was quick, and I, I don't want to say it was lucky because it they had it drawn up perfectly. They attacked the Michigan's weakness at their corners and their secondary, especially the way Don Brown calls a game, being aggressive with your safeties. It was we're going to throw up 50 50 balls and just trust that our receivers are going to go up and get it. Um to an extent, I think there were there were more there was more than that, but that's what it felt like as at least as a Michigan fan, you're sitting there watching it. it's like how is this happening? It just seemed yeah. like every prayer he threw up was answered. You know what I mean? And I, and I think the key to that was they were trying to eliminate the pass rush. And by getting rid of the ball that fast, they had zero sacks, zero turnovers. That that is basically a flawless game. When you're going against a Michigan offense or defense that is fast and furious and is looking to lay the body on you every chance they get, it they didn't give them a chance to lay the body. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. and Ricky White came down unreal. with literally everything. It was yeah. like He had
1: five years.
2: He had five yards against Ruggers. Five, five, five yards. One <laughs> catch, five yards, and he yeah. d- and this is this is what I look at with the wide receivers for Michigan State. Ricky White. 24 and a half yard average per catch. Wow. Jalen Naylor, 34 yard average per catch. Didn't have many, but it was the big play. Jaden Reed, 18 yard average per catch. Like again, you're you're not completing many plays, but you're just you're making that quick finesse pass and they were getting torched. And I don't know if we want to get into coaching later, but we're, since we're talking about yeah, defense, Yeah, let's talk about coaching. All right. What's his name, defense coordinator? Don Brown. How have you how did you not make one adjustment at all? I don't know. You're you're playing man to man. You're playing tight coverage against man to man, against this offense that after the first quarter, you have two or three holding or pass interference calls because you're getting burned. The double move, the run five, ten yards down the field, stop, and then keep going up the field, your corners were getting burned every time. I I would see that maybe three times and say all right, we're going zone, or we're playing two safeties back or whatever it is. Over the top. Or over the top, and you are just not getting beat deep. State did that. State played, I'm not getting beat deep. You can complete all you want, little dink and dunkers, but how do you not make an adjustment? I don't understand – Don Brown, like,
3: well, what, but, where's but the even, adjustment but there? But even when yeah. there
1: were safeties over the top, what did they do? They still attacked the sideline where the side safety line. it took. Couldn't get to it. That could couldn't. not get to it because it was still only one safety over the top. He had to choose his side, and then they just throw it over to the opposite side, you know? So they clearly, you know, we just went over the wide receivers with Ricky White, Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed. Talented group. I mean, yeah. high upside group, especially what we see with Ricky White right now. I mean, he looked like the real deal in this game. I know – As fans, it's the easiest thing in the world to overreact. And obviously, we overreact from game to game.
0: I never overreact. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you're the exception (laughs) to the rule. But,
1: I mean, with those three wide receivers, I I see, you know, a lot of options, really, really high upside for Rocky Lombardi this year.
0: And and going into next year, I mean, sky's the limit. I mean, with these guys, they're talented. They do. They do seem very talented. Um, I think that we already brought up kind of the pass interference and stuff. I think there was three penalties in the first quarter that kind of set the tone for the way the game was going to be called, at least. Michigan's very physical defensively uh, in the secondary. That was taken away from them. They had two pass interference calls and one holding call in the very first uh, quarter, and and I think that kind of set the tone. And it, Some it, of those it I disagreed of, with. I, I, mean. I did a little bit. I, I, yeah, to an extent, I, I guess I would say. I Usually Michigan gets away with them. Is I think, uh, a fair way to say it. I think they're those 50-50 calls. It depends on how you're going to call the game. They decided in the first quarter that that's the way they were going to call the game. I think they weren't great at staying consistent with that on both sides later on in the game. Uh, but I but don't want to complain the about moment- it either because you should be able to adjust. You should be able to work through that.
2: The moment you see, all right, so, okay, guess what? I look and, okay, yeah, I disagree, but they're calling it. I need to make an adjustment. Yeah, yes. so that where first the first heck quarter was the adjustment? The first there quarter should nothing.
1: have been that adjustment. What what was really disappointing from the Michigan uh, standpoint is you know Jamon Green. I think a lot of those catches were really really contested, so mm-hmm. it, he wasn't getting burned on a regular basis. But Vincent Gray was getting burned, smoked. I mean, he mm-hmm. wasn't even close. Some yeah. of those, some of those, you know, Ricky White was literally turned into a jog as he's watching the ball fall into his arms, and and you know, Vincent Gray is nowhere to be seen. So yeah. I, that that was.
0: I think he was exposed big time. Well,
1: I think maybe it's a it's another learning curve for him because he's been so used to being so aggressive early on. You know, like if if you get a lot of pressure and you expect your defensive line to always be getting that pressure and being on the quarterback, then you can play tight man to man defense and sell out on those early out routes. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's what we saw over and over, the out route to up, right? And the double move got him almost every single time.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh Defensively, I think they they also had a very good game. Jarrett, you kind of already mentioned it. it's like they kept everything in front of them the whole time, uh, led by Antoine Simmons and Noah Harvey, was, their linebackers. Yeah. Uh, they were absolute studs. They they re, they combined for 16 tackles a piece or total, and then safety tray, uh Person had eight tackles as well. Those guys were clogging everything. Every time the ball got out, they were there to make a tackle. It felt like.
2: Yeah. And so, what's his what's his name? The main linebacker? Patch, Simmons. Patch, Patch neck or whatever.
0: Oh, Panachute? <laughs> He's not playing according no, he, to episode two years ago. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what was that? Where well, did he, he re- come from? He opted out at first and then he so came he did back. come back. And, and I couldn't find any information so on that, so I was on it, me.
2: I don't know if you heard any of the post game with Milton, but mm-hmm. they talked about like Panachute. And then, what's the guy that. Simmons. Simmons. He's the one that there. They Simmons had the about, unbelievable yeah. game. He said I didn't even know who Simmons was. Yeah. He was so concerned about Panashek, I think, being back. And that's what that was my trigger of like Milton that just he was very unprepared. Yet. Unprepared is what you can say. Like he's young. He does he's never played these people before. Yeah. But that I feel like that's a little on the coach to say, Hey, Panashek's gonna be back. That's gonna open some stuff. Simmons tore it up. But Panacek only had like four tackles. Yeah, something like but that. But it, it was weird when we were watching it. It seemed like Panacek job. was there every single play. Yeah, so he's like, always
0: there. He's, he's, he's a
1: dynamic. He's what opens factor. it up for other players. Yeah. I feel like. I, I mean, I I think that with the interview that you are talking about, the post game interview with with Joe Milton, Joe Milton, yeah, that was that was a really disappointing interview, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, as a Michigan he, fan, it was disappointing to he, hear. He was trying to take responsibility, to be accountable for for the game. He was trying to like own that as a quarterback, but he did it in such a way that was pushing blame everywhere else. Yeah. And and really just saying like, nope, you know, like giving zero credit to Michigan State in the end too. And I think I don't know. As fans you also appreciate when when people are honest, you know, yep. like if you if you see Tom Brady, if you see like Peyton Manning when they're doing their post game interviews and stuff, they will give tons of credit to the other team. They'll say, you know, like that guy's a beast, you know, yep. that we should have had a better game plan. And they'll talk through it. And like it was so it was a little arrogant, I guess, the way he was going about it. And I think that shows his immaturity. Maybe, yep. maybe how young he is. How he's not used to being in the spotlight week in, week out. And yeah. then he had one good game, and everybody jumped all over about like Heisman stuff, and you oh. know, like Savior of Michigan, and who all did, the overreactions that, that this that? podcast jumped on, to to an extent.
0: Yeah, I don't do that. But... No, I but, but <laughs> I mean, I don't do the Heisman. thing. Look, he's but...
1: poised, but he also. He's got a lot of learning to do. Yeah, he's got to grow up. I agree.
0: I agree completely. Um, the, also, before we turn it over to to Michigan, I think their run defense was really good. Every time you can hold the running backs to, to less yards than your than, than the quarterback, you are doing something right. You are making him hold the ball in those options because you you are clogging the cor- the running backs. You know what I mean? Like the option way, like the quarterback pulls it back if if the yeah. running back doesn't have a lane. They took away those lanes. They made Milton need to be make the plays. Er- and I thought their run defense did a really good job. S- Michigan's no Michigan State's oh, Michigan run State. defense. Sorry, they absolutely, did, they did a great
1: job. And what they also did is they took away the options. So and so when Milton was always there, like with the option, you know, it seemed like he made the wrong decision every time. But there weren't too many too many times where there was an obvious choice. So yeah. they did a really good job disguising who they were loading up on, and and mm-hmm. a lot of you know bad decisions by the quarterback. Yeah,
0: and they they did a great job taking away the space. Out of the speed and space that Michigan needs to be successful, they took away every space possible yeah. and, every, and throughout it's on the defensive side of the ball. Right. They they played, and it's it's weird because you say they played almost a flawless game, and it was still close to the end. So that's where I think we got to bring up the Michigan side and kind of the disappointment and the in the heartache that at least we have. Um, I, I think you got to give them the, all the credit in the world, uh, but it took it took Michigan State's almost perfect effort. Um, and Michigan to not be executing. I think you saw plenty of times that Michigan didn't execute, and that was a massive issue where whenever you got something going, it was execution that was a massive flaw, and it just it slowed things down. You couldn't get that momentum that we saw against Minnesota. And credit to Michigan State for taking that away, but at the same time, there's something wrong with Michigan's preparation to say that you couldn't get something going. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Um, I, I, the, 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 sorry, go ahead. Can I ju- – I, w- yeah. I want to jump – so if we're going to be talking about Michigan's offense versus State's defense – Yeah, let's do that. I still don't understand. And, yes, they were doing a pretty good job of shutting down the running game. That's that's the entire reason you won against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. If you go to Minnesota's numbers, at- Milton didn't do that great. Like, it was all rushing. Every running back you had had like 7 yards of carry, 8 yards of carry. Well, like, they were easy throws. It was crazy. and yeah. easy throws cuz yeah. once you're running successfully, you can do that. Has or Milton Haskins. Milton threw for 51 times. Yeah. In a close game.
0: Mm-hmm. Why are you
2: throwing 51 times? Zero touchdowns, the ball. zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns Man, by the way with 51. And listen to these running numbers I against stats guy Haskins. Haskins is the one that bothers me here. Why is Haskins not getting the ball at least 15 to 20 times? He had a
0: seven-yard per carry average.
2: Seven yards. Listen to the other guys. All right, Milton was the leading rusher uh, with 12 rushes at 59 yards. Again, that's your quarterback. Haskins is averaging seven yards a rush. The other guys, I think alone, were like really bad. At what? I thought I wrote it down. Yeah, it,
1: it, yeah, yeah it, was it was ugly. Yeah, I think Ryan Blake, has Blake it. Blake was five rushes, fifteen yards, three yard average. Chris Evans three rushes, ten yards, three point three average. Zach Charbonnet five rushes, Terrible. three yards. I wow. thought
2: Charbonnet was the good one. Well, I
0: thought it felt like a two headed monster with those yeah. two. Like but, either but, one of them. But could why go is up Haskins not point. getting more
2: carries in a close game? Why? I understand it doesn't. It's not working, per se, but all it takes is one big play, and that's your playmaker at this point. Well, the wide receivers were not getting any separation. separation. They, well, they were also
1: crossing. They were crossing all game long, and, the, and it was a crowded middle of the field. It, and really, the the stats, like if you go back and watch all of the Michigan drives, especially early on in the game, there were missed opportunities all over the field. Eric All dropped – I don't know how many passes early on. It was like 17. Well, I think (laughs) in reality it was two or three, which is a big deal. He stopped two or three drives just by dropping the ball. And if you cannot – the third down conversions were were actually favored Michigan in the end, but that was mostly due to one long drive. Um, I I did have the matchup. I don't know. Sorry,
0: which drive are you talking about? That Michigan State drive?
1: No, the late Michigan drive with a lot of third-down efficiencies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Michigan was 7 of 17 on third-down and most of it in one drive. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like it was a struggle all game long. They got themselves in the third and five, the third and three, third and two, and they could not come up with it. And those are the times when they were bringing Charbonnet in and their offense almost was like predictable, you know. Yeah.
2: What was the goal line one? Why is Haskins not even ever in the game? Well, it, why it wasn't well, only that, but they did, threw they did the ball. The, they did the yeah, yeah, yeah. they did well, the wildcat happening?
0: twice, but why not throw Millen in? is as as <laughs> it was too cute. All right, he's not a great
2: passer. I don't think he's a great passer unless he's running RPOs and things like that. Million? Which yeah. Would, they I, I they said Minnesota 90% of his completed passes were RPOs and like play actions because they were running the ball well. If he's just back there to pass, he's not he he wasn't good. He wasn't good. Well,
1: yeah. a lot of his passes again though, you know, we, we didn't see the long passes like what Lombardi was no. throwing. Over and over and over, the twenty-yard field were just lofted. He he threw a couple. One he missed the receiver by forty-five yards down the field. (laughs) It wasn't even close. But most of the other throws that he was making were were seven yards. You know, five yards, seven yards, and that seemed to be predictable. Michigan State forced them to beat them over the top, the wide receivers, and the routes weren't even going that way. So there were so many people in the middle of the field within that first ten yards. It was crowded. You could you saw it all game long. Every throw that Milton made, he's a big dude. Yeah. Every throw he made, it was like hands were all around the ball, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They were right there to be tipped and we saw a lot it's of tips too. Separation, man. Yeah, I
0: so I it. I think Michigan State deserves a lot of credit. They played the perfect bend-and-not-break defense for that type of uh offense that they were facing. Um they sh- they kept everything in front of them. Sorry. Yeah, uh, well,
1: I, I it it really did show, and this is exactly what you brought up at the very beginning. It showed that Michigan State saw something in a very very impressive Michigan win, but they saw something and said, "You know what? There's a common theme here. They're they're not doing this at all, and we can play a certain defense and take away almost every single threat with this with this one defense. That's what it felt like. I know there's way more that goes on yeah. with the coach and, and the different matchups and everything." But, it, but they forced Michigan into an uncomfortable offense, and it showed.
0: Yeah, so I think that comes down to what is going on with the coaching staff. It is, I don't know if it's preparation or adjustments. I mean, I'm curious what you guys think is, is the bigger issue with that. It They didn't look prepared. There There's no question that they did I, I don't think anybody could argue that they looked prepared. But they also didn't adjust. I feel like you have massive questions on the way that this game was coached. Um, I think Gaddis he, he even took uh, – Cr- not, I don't want to say credit, but he said our preparation was not up to par. That is scary to hear. I'm glad a coach is taking that blame personally and not throwing his, his players under the bus because he could – I, I wish Milton uh, would have said that. Yeah, yeah, right. True. Yep. He did address the, the way that Milton did. He said that's just a young guy um, not knowing how to talk to the press, basically is what he, he said about it. But – I Let's start at, on the offense side of the ball since we're kind of already talking about it. I think this, the, the space wasn't there. They didn't open things up. Ryan, you brought up the crossing patterns. It was just clogged, and they weren't adjusting to try to avoid the con, con, con the condensed. Yeah, the condensed space, space on yeah. the it's field. Like it's like a red, it's yeah, like a red zone. I was <laughs> going to say condensation. Well, you have to get creative
1: with your offense in the red zone. That, we see that all the time, right? So there's a different – there's two separate – sets of offenses that you grade a team on. You grade a team on the the whole field and then you have your red zone offense. The reason it's a red zone offense is because it's a shorter field it's condensed. It's all packed into this one tiny little yeah. area and that was the whole game for Michigan. They it was everything was all in front.
0: Yeah. There was no space at all. Uh defensive side, uh I, where are you at with that, Jared? It
2: blows my mind. I still don't understand how he didn't adjust the entire game. You are literally running your corners on they're running three, four wide. Their wide receivers are obviously beating you, whether it's a penalty or a catch. And you're running press coverage, not in a third and one or two situation, in a second and twelve or thirteen because you stopped the run. You know it's a passing situation. They've ran twelve to fifteen plays of a a, a again a finesse twenty yards down the field pass and you're running press coverage to try to bump and run that like they have been beating you the entire game that might have been your game plan going into the week saying i think this is the most successful successful thing but part of coaching is adjustments like i think it's both like mel tucker i think throughout the off the week prepared for that he wanted to do something different and mm-hmm. We say, man, Michigan like shut down the run, which is great, which they did.
1: They did shut down the run. But I, yeah.
2: they did. But I, I think Mel Tucker wasn't going into the game saying we need to do what we did with Rutgers and just continue to grind a pound. He said, Let's throw something different. Let's try to confuse them a little bit. Let's run some play actions. Let's do that little the the twenty yard loft play. Like yeah, and it worked. Yeah, and I, you need to make adjustments. They did not. I. Uh, they did not. Don Brown. I don't know if it's Don Brown or John Harbaugh saying, "Hey, Jim. can or Jim? Oh yeah, Well, <laughs> John You is, wish is you had John. A person, <laughs> though, yeah, you right? wish you had John. Well, is they lost two. The yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, were. true. But Jim. I mean, like, I don't know if it's him. T- I, I think it's Don Brown, but I think Jim. I, both. I, it's both. I can't... I, I,
0: think, Jim I think Jim trusts his coordinators. I think Jim trusts his coordinators, and I think that is more of a Don Brown thing. But at the same time, I think Don Brown actually had a pretty darn good... Um,
1: where? Can you uh, I, tell preparation. me where? I think I, they I, were prepared for it. There were a lot I, of longs. I think, and longs, I think
0: they, they shut down the run the way that they needed to. They I don't want to say dominated the line of because you didn't get the pressure that you needed. They did, But early it on. felt like it felt like it was just 50-50 balls. And more times than not... Your team, your players should be making those plays 50% of the time. It, they didn't make them 50% of the time. And that's where I, I lean more on execution. Look, 27 points is way more than I expected and assume, but I put more of the blame on the offense side of the ball. It was mundane. It was slow. It was very, very mediocre. And that's where I'm like, if you had, I don't know, like let's say you're on a 1 to 10 scale. If you had two steps better, on that scale, you would have dominated that football game because your defense was ready for that, but the offense wasn't holding up their end of the bargain to keep that close, and it changed everything. And it, I understand the numbers look bad, but at the same time, they were 50-50 balls a lot of the time. And I don't know. I, I think it, that comes more on the players. I think the preparation's there. But, um, and but, but I, I, can I, I agree it. with you that you should adjust a little bit, maybe get your safeties a little bit more involved. But at the same time, like... Your corners should be better. Your corners should be making these plays. That's what Michigan does. That's what that's what needs to happen for this defense to work. I don't want to change the scheme just because they're not making the plays. And I don't think the defense is the reason why we lost that game. Is I, I guess where I'm Look, at.
1: Look, the, def- the defense shut down the Michigan State run offense, the, which is what you Jordan, thought going Jordan, into the game. Jordan that's Simmons, what State's going to Jordan be. Simmons rushed the ball 14 times, average 3.9. Mm-hmm. Connor Hayward, 13 rushes, 2.2 average. You know they didn't. There were a lot of third and longs. That's what we that what we saw. But I also want to give those two guys the same amount of credit for their pass blocking because mm-hmm. on third down when we needed to get pressure in those third and long situations, which we talk about all the time in this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you set yourself up with third and longs, predictable passing situations, you can get to the quarterback. Guess what? They tried. They couldn't, and it wasn't just with the four. They blitzed a lot. They brought those same guys, yeah. but they were not getting to him. And I know that they had some really good. Uh, you know, schemes to get the ball out of his hands, but when he needed time, he also had the time. Yeah, and so those the, that offensive line for Michigan State stepped up and they won a lot of one-on-one battles, and the running backs were right there to fill a lot of those gaps. And again, they put all of their offense outside to the sideline with their wide receivers and one-on-one matchups with very young cornerbacks, and they won. Mm-hmm. They yeah. won them consistently. La- last
0: last on, on this on this game, then I do want to turn the page next. Hundred percent.
2: Um. So. My only thought on that is I look at, all right, so Michigan State's defensive preparation versus Michigan. You look at that Minnesota game. Mi- Michigan ran the snot all like all over Minnesota. They ran it yeah. all over them. State did a pretty good job of adjusting. Dude, freaking, what's his name? Milton threw 51 times. Do you think State went in going into the week saying, I think he's going to throw 50 times? No. Adjustments. Guess what? He probably... I always say, and this is something where all right, the first drive of the game or even the, the first two drives of the game, I don't even think they matter, even if the other team scores twice. I still think after those first two drives as a coach, you can look and say, "Wow, they prep to pass the ball more or run these option plays or you know, ground and pound up the middle. Michigan proved they are ready to pass. they are this is not a running game anymore. They're going to try to run a little bit, but they are going to pass. State's defense was clutch with adjustments. Adjustments are key, and I always hear like head coaches prepare for the week, but the coordinators are the ones that in the middle of the game say, "Hey, we need to adjust. Yeah, and this is what we need to do. Yep. They did. I'm telling you, Michigan to do it. I don't know if we can talk about coaches quick, but I want to.
0: Yeah, if we want to talk about it real quick, let's do that. This is going to be it's real fair, quick. It's fair, yeah.
2: But I think. As a state fan. So, again, as like as a person who roots for state, I think you can be very, very, very excited for Mel Tucker Yep. because at the end of that game, there was something – there was a shot of him when he was hugging a player or coach or something. He was, like, crying about this game, and it was something where he just started at Michigan State, and you can tell how much this game meant to him saying – he he was passionate about winning. The program, this. yeah. This is huge. Yep. Like big, I know I could go one in whatever. How many games? Eight games this year. Eight games. Yeah. Yeah. I can go one in seven this year. I beat Michigan. State fans are gonna love it. Yeah. This is a great
1: season. Well, that, that because like they're a, not.
2: There's not a lot of expectations yeah. going into the season.
1: That and he got off to such a bad start, right? Yes. With, mean, that, yeah. with the first game,
2: people are very down on you. Yeah. And with guess seven what?
1: turnovers, and they're like, "That's a coaching issue." Yeah. This game meant a lot to him, like what you were saying, and I think it was. To us, it's been the perfect hire this whole time, and this showed why it was the perfect hire. Because Michigan State was a terrible program for him to take over. Like, what what head coach wants to come into this situation with Antonio leaving the way everything happened? Yeah, yeah. But you can tell, like this, this is the job he wanted. He won the game he wanted to wanted to win, and it meant a lot to him. And I guarantee those players are picking up on that.
0: Yeah. So. So. I do want to. Well, I'll give you your hardball shot later. Um, but let's let's turn it. Let's turn it onto. We're talking about Michigan State and, and the way that the program has a little bit of momentum after that game. So let's turn to next week against Iowa. Um, what what are some keys to the, to the game in your guys' head? I just want to do this as quick as we can um, because time. But I don't know. What, so what, what do you guys think? How how do you keep that momentum and not just be a? I don't want to say fluke because it's not a fluke because they were prepared. Everything was done perfectly but like make sure that this rolls into a successful season and not just a one-and-done like you kind of mentioned. Like, Not yeah. saying that they wouldn't take it, but let's look at this Iowa game. What works out for them to, to go on a nice little win streak here?
2: This is going to be the hard part. I think this is where you know Michigan, again, this is the team you prepare for the entire year. This is the one you circle on the calendar. Now it's Iowa the, the week after, a lot of hype to just, again, adjustments. Like, you have to make those adjustments of Iowa could completely throw something different at you. Um, It's going to be hard. I think players' emotions are going to be very high for this, um, especially for a lot of new players on that team. So that's going to be the biggest challenge to me is now you might have – you don't want to be overconfident going into this game because Iowa is always that, like, third-tier team that will always win one or two big games – but they always choke on a couple games, too. So you, you don't know what they're going to be, but they're always pretty good. Yeah, so I, be I th- careful.
0: I think they grew a ton from week one to week two. They took care of the football. And as long as they continue to do that and continue to trust in each other, they will at least be in this game. I'm, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know who wins this game. I really don't. This is one's really tough for me. It actually feels um, like a trap game it, for Michigan it State. I'm Isn't that, nervous. Weird? I, Isn't yeah. we'll that over, weird? We'll go over.
1: We'll go over our, uh, predictions, our picks, but, Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, look, uh, Iowa. I mean Spencer Pet- Petrus, right? Yep, Petras, right? Petras or whatever. He he threw the ball fifty times last week too. Yeah. And one touchdown, three picks. You know, I think the way that Michigan State handled Michigan and their their offense is exactly how they need to handle. Iowa turn them into a passing offense, make them make their own mistakes. Yeah. You know, Iowa really they've kind of shot themselves in the foot with some fumbles and interceptions and everything. Th- they could be 2 and 0 very easily right now. They're 0 and 2. Yep. They're a better team than 0 and 2. We've um, seen
2: turnovers don't really determine a team. If you can clean the turnovers, state, versus right. Michigan. Well, exactly. Yeah. They're so they're actually pretty good. I think
1: you take away their run game, Basically, whatever Northwestern did, which is exactly that, turned them into a one-dimensional team yeah. and, and turnover-heavy. That's what Michigan State has to try to do. But they were so disciplined against Michigan. Stick to that type of, yep. of game plan. You know, yeah. be disciplined. Fill yeah. your fill your role. Fill
0: your role, and don't try to do the guy's job next to you. I think that's one thing that they did really good compared to what they did against Rutgers. Uh, is they they weren't trying to do too much when things were not going right. They just stuck to their plan, and 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 it really they really executed well. Um, this game screams low scoring. Whoever turns the ball over is going to lose. Right? That, that's kind of what I, I'm I'm looking at. Um, uh, so we'll jump over to Michigan uh, and, and focus on this game, and then we'll we'll end with your shot at uh, Harbaugh if, if you're okay with that, Jared. <laughs> of, course. Yeah, um, of course. For for me, it feels like like Indiana's strengths of, of the offense scares the crap out of me from what we saw last week. But then you dig really like a little bit deeper into it and what indiana succeeds on actually fits well for what michigan like or, sorry <laughs> the 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 weapons <laughs> good or bad for michigan <laughs> let's just start there. the weapons <laughs> can hurt michigan but the holes in indiana's offense is what michigan will be able to exploit is kind of what i'm trying to get at is as long as you can take advantage of those holes you'll completely eliminate the things that can hurt you you know what i mean is that a fair way of looking at it just say yeah. Sure. Say yes Yeah, say that's yes exactly what I had yeah. in my books. <laughs> I <It laughs> think I wrote
2: the exact same thing in yeah, my book. Yeah, I notes. bet word for word. I, I feel
0: like all right, Indian, <laughs> Indiana's proven to score, which is scary True. for Michigan. They've scored uh what is it, thirty six against Penn State, thirty seven against Rutgers, but their offensive line is is their weak spot, I feel like. And if Michigan can make some make their quarterback uncomfortable by setting four or being aggressive with the blitz and really dominate the line of scrimmage, I think that you'll be able to contain that offense is, is basically what I'm trying to say. My- Michael Penix is one of those quarterbacks
1: that makes plays when nothing is there. So he scrambles really, really well, sees the field, and makes that really tough play down the field. He does it on a regular basis. So what Michigan needs to do is always have if they are applying pressure and and their their defense is right there, they need to have more than one person there to finish the deal. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having one guy miss one tackle and now you've got a really good athlete of a quarterback running, scrambling out and making a good play, that is what's going to kill Michigan in the end. If if they're these young quarterbacks that we just saw get torn up by Michigan State, if you're going to put them on the island for five, six, seven seconds while the quarterback's scrambling around. That's not good news for Michigan. Okay. So they need to put the quarterback away when the pressure gets there, and I think that's the key of the game. If the pressure is there on a consistent basis and can take care of the job, which I really think Michigan has the athletes to do, um, we'll we'll just have to see because they had the athletes to do against Michigan State and they did not get to him. Yeah. Jared, what what are you thinking Uh, heading into this game?
2: I'm going to be short and sweet. This this seems like one of those games where this is a save Harbaugh game. And – this is the kind of game where Indiana, okay, we're ranked. There's a lot of hype. Michigan will beat them, and everybody's saying, you know what, Harbaugh's not that bad. He does win these <laughs> games. Like, yeah. And you might be one of those people. I, but,
0: I'm i still in the Harbaugh bandwagon, to be yeah, honest with there you. There you go.
2: See, you're one of those people. So th- this is the game, though, that like you can look and say, man, we win those good games. We win the Indiana. We win the... You know, when maybe Wisconsin, when they're decent, Nebraska, when they're decent. Well, you can't. He can hurt. win those games. He doesn't win the big game. He doesn't
0: win
1: the big games. He doesn't win the big games ever. In the media's ever. perception. No, ever. Because
0: when he wins, they're not big games. When he loses, they were. it was a big not- game. Notre
1: Dame was a big game last
0: year. Yeah, nobody talks about that.
2: That's No, I, well, I could talk about that all no, day. I, no, that's When a good, you have 40-mile-an-hour wins and rain, it's a fluke, it is a fluke win.
0: When he wins, it's that's not him. a big game. When he loses, he lost another big game. That's What's the, pres- the next that's, biggest win though, look, other I'm than not, I'm Notre not, Dame? I'm not on the. Uh, he beat the Big Ten championship, Penn State. When they won the Big Ten championship, he he beat them he that hasn't, year. He hasn't won the Big Ten
2: championship.
0: No, Mish- no, Harbaugh hasn't. Them? But he beat Penn State oh. that year.
2: Matt, I don't know how them. you defend him. I. Can we get into our Harbaugh talk? No. So a couple, is, couple more things. Couple this, more can things, I vent on Harbaugh? A couple
0: more things before, like the things <laughs> I think are important. I think Michigan's going to be able to move the ball. Uh, like the, Similar to the, like they did against Minnesota, they'll be able to run the ball, which will open up the passing game. I mean, in Indiana, they've allowed 488 total yards against Penn State. I feel like Michigan has a similar enough offense, possibly even a little bit better um, with with the amount of players that Penn State is missing. Uh, that I think they'll be able to move the ball. Also, Indiana is bad on third down. They're 6 of 24 total, um, and I think that helps Michigan as well. I know it doesn't seem that way, the way that Michigan's third down defense was against Michigan State, but in this type of scenario, I I really think it fits. Can I just say Um, that if
1: they're scoring over 30 points a game against good defenses and they're only (sighs) 6 of 24 on third downs, it means they're not getting to third down very often. Yeah, That's a good point.
0: Their offense moves. Um, But all right. I agree with you. This feels like a save Harbaugh game. So now, like you, you've kind of already started on the Harbaugh thing. Do you, you want me to go, or do you? Are you? Do you I want you get, to defend you, Harbaugh. Okay. First. I feel like I'm right here. This okay, is you a guys, debate. Debate, and you you're guys the mediator. Are skipping me, okay. But I feel yeah. like so, I got some decent opinions. you need look, the mute button, like the uh, debate. Right. I got, got two mute. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, two minutes. The way no. I look, the way I look at Harbaugh is he is the best coach that Michigan has had. than – they actually would like to admit. And I'm a Michigan fan and I I feel like so every like everybody's expected twelve wins, thirteen wins, like big ten championships left coming out your butt, making the playoffs. No, that is not Michigan. That's just not who they are. That's not who they've ever been. That is a false narrative. Narrative. And the media agree. the media puts that narrative in perfect. everybody's head. And it's the helmet and, guys. And it is, this it is is, perfect. And the winningest program makes you think that they're a lot better than what they've ever been. They do not win a lot of Big Ten titles. They do not win a lot of national championships. And what he is, he is winning twelve, or t- sorry, ten plus games a year. I will take that and be ready for when Ohio State is down and take advantage of it because that is exactly what Michigan does. JJ. Is you are good enough year after year after year. And then you take advantage of those one or two years to really get those titles. And that's what I think Harbaugh's doing is he's good enough, in my opinion. And he will eventually win a Big Ten title by default. And that's what Michigan fans need to realize is that is what Michigan is as a program. They are not Ohio State. They are not Alabama. They are not Clemson right now. But look, everybody has their ups. Everybody has their downs. And right now, Michigan is is right where they need to be and waiting for that opportunity to have an up for two three years in a row. And I think Harbaugh is the right guy to do it as long as he continues to invest in his coordinators and trust his coordinators and true truly be true, yeah. truly Time. be no 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 <laughs> truly be truly understand that off, a very good offense will win. And a good enough defense is the focus. Like your defense is just needs to be good enough. Your offense needs to be great to win conference championships. And I think that's what they're starting to work towards. And wait, hold on, I, I trust it. How many how many national championships did Bo win? Zero, Zero. Zero. Okay, so how many
1: national championships have we had since the nineteen forties? One, one. Okay, so that backs up what you're talking about. A lot of this, yep. and also with the Big Ten, a lot of the Big Ten championships. I don't know. I, people go always go back to the history of those because they were big at the time. I I honestly think it's just the helmet. It's like a, a recognition thing where this Michigan persona has always been there, um, it, but things always used to meant, mean a little different. Now now the, there's almost a even playing field where the the same teams are now competing in a playoff type of format. You're not getting that uh, the skewed. Um, I don't know the What what am I trying to get to? I have here? no. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> The, I'm the, out the, of conference, the conferences are <laughs> the conferences are playing each other every single year consistently. So now we're actually seeing who the tr- truly the best team is on a year in year out basis, right? And and I think, Jarrett, you're going to go and be like, I told you guys this. This I is this it. Is
2: exactly what you're talking about. I've never thought I'd see. And the here's moment. and here's
1: here's I've my question.
2: had for, that No, no, here's, no. My, here's my question for you. Are what did we, you guys rank? What did you say Michigan would do last year?
0: Well, I thought they were going to be undefeated going into Ohio State. <laughs> That was as like a group. That's no, 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 no. no, no, no. That was as a group
1: that got that's that way because each person each person voted and, and we then did the a majority went to that. That's a good point. Each person had two losses. I think I had a loss to Wisconsin and Ohio State. Each person had two losses on the What did you say going into this, into this
0: year. year? I thought they were good enough to to beat everybody on their schedule other in Ohio State. No, no, no. That's the problem. We called You have a
2: you have a rookie quarterback. You have corners that are brand new all the corners all of your major weapons okay, are new right your now, wide receivers hold
0: on, are new they get exposed to michigan state harbaugh right now you're not even oh, arguing you want me
2: to argue that's what on, this was about yeah, my question to
1: you is are we one coach away from being in ohio state no, no this is Be- perfect because, no, this is because perfect.
2: should we you know, you're right, you're right i can i'll flip the switch then yeah that's perfect this is perfect okay
0: what did I say wrong about no, no, no. my? This 11- has this no, has never ever. This is never. You're, ever, like you, has you're never, not even arguing the points that I brought up. No,
2: I'm. I'm. No, I'm. I'm gonna actually switch. There. I'm gonna switch my opinion on Harbaugh. You're right. You are exactly right. Perfect. Harbaugh is doing exactly everything that Michigan football is.
0: Yes, I agree. You've never.
2: I don't. I've never heard you guys say that ever.
0: I have been saying that. No, for you, a you you have very, never, very long time.
2: Yes. You, you have compared okay, Ohio right. State.
0: I have been saying that.
2: Okay. What as far as tears go, as far as Big Ten, what. Like where would you put okay. tears now? State, uh, you might do it now.
0: Ohio State. Is, I've always done this. It is Ohio State, and then you have you Wisconsin. had
2: Michigan undefeated going into the oh Ohio God. State no, game no, last no. year.
1: Okay, can I clarify? You're not this? Understanding that each person last year on our podcast at least individually said but, two but losses, but at least going one loss or no, no, two, no loss. two losses on the season. In most of us, three together as a group, we had those losses in different areas. It so then it being, caused for coin flips, right? And the
0: coin flips <laughs> just. Later Look, I mean, you're, you're either
1: either way, le- no no no. Seriously, either way, we have talked about the talent gap so many times on this podcast. Where Michigan or with when Ohio State is getting five star after five star after five star, yeah. and their backups are five stars, and their backups to their backups are five stars. When Michigan, if we get one five star, it's a it's huge exciting. deal. So if we get a f- top fifteen recruiting class that's competing anywhere near a top 5. Those top 5 guys, I mean all the 5 stars go to top 5 programs. So okay, so, so the this is my this is, is my thought. Is not even close. We're we're competing okay, 3 this stars is my thought. against 5 stars. I right, 100%. So if that's the
2: case and that is what you see Michigan football, we are that second tier with Penn State that's Wisconsin. That's exactly what I think. They are. But Penn State Wisconsin. I've never put you them are in the same breath as But Ohio you are State. literally saying what Harbaugh is doing right here right now the past 3 4 years this is what we want right this is and maybe no, he will no, no. get a shot this is not what he we want he has been getting dominated obviously
0: we want more we want competitive games against Ohio state that's what i want yeah i would love to beat them every once in a while owen 6 is not good enough owen 5 is not good enough for me, in my opinion i would love to get How a couple me- wins in there but i also know that we've been closer than people realize to sneak those games out. How many out?
2: big games does he need to lose before you it's say a- he's done? It is about that, though. They're about the rival. It, it is about rivalries. I'm a Florida fan. Florida, I feel like, is in the same exact boat. We have been always behind Bama. Yeah, right now. Yeah, Right now. now Georgia has always had us. This year, I I truly think we need to beat Georgia. I love Dan Mullen to death, but if, if we go another two years and we can't beat Georgia – Damn it! But, I, I I'm I might start calling I, for his head. I guess because I'm passionate. I want to win. On top of that, and, and yes, my expectation is not every single year, but I I don't think I'm the only one to say like I just can't can even imagine I, can saying I, can that. I, can not yeah, even imagine
3: pop in real that. quick? Yeah. Okay,
1: we have also talked about this on the podcast leading up to this. Harbaugh, so far, his downfall, what has his downfall been? It's been the quarterback. He has had such terrible quarterback play. Is that, a, is that a reflection of the coach? Yes. We have had the worst talent. I don't know how he hasn't been able to get talent. That's been one of the craziest things issue. to me. It is a him it issue. It is a him issue. Yeah, yeah. But, 100%. It's, but it's also been we, haven't, we have had zero homegrown, talented quarterbacks coming through the system to his point. This is the first year that we've had a starting quarterback that signed with Michigan. All the rest have been transfers. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, but they have something to say about that. He can say, "I want Shea Patterson. I know, that but is he's my guy."
0: Yeah, look, wh- I completely agree. When like, he
2: came in there, what was his? What is the one number one reason? John, Jim, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> what I always get them to. What is the number one reason he came in there? He's considered a quarterback whisperer.
0: That is a false narrative though, because that is a media narrative. Andrew Luck. The only thing that has done that was Andrew Luck. That is the only Oh yeah. Well how did that work out? Super Bowl. Lost, but
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter. But, but then, then it the what Bowl. happened. They like, went to the I'm just Super saying. Bowl. Actually, not, that's why Harbaugh is actually a better <laughs> pro coach than that college coach.
0: But, yeah. <laughs> but it's Yo, like he's going to the like, Jets,
1: by the way. He might.
0: I feel I'm like it is totally media driven. They're putting false narratives in every Michigan fan's head that they think this isn't good enough. This is good enough. Look, you were a half a yard short to beating Ohio State. If that happened, is all of a sudden everything hunky dory? And look, I'm not saying that there was a wrong call or anything like that, but it that's how wrong. close you were. You've been close twice. Yeah, you've been blown out three other times, and that's not acceptable, period, end of story. But it's being ready for that one time, and I i don't think getting rid of hardball gets you any more ready than what you already are. You're bringing in talent. You have completely refocused the way this, this program is going to go. It is going to be a very good offense, And a good enough defense. That is their goal. They're refocusing on the offense. This is only year two of the new offense, by the way, which usually takes. Has he been there? This is his fifth or sixth, year. sixth how, year. How long can you do it? How long can you 20, say, man. this is years. another
2: new coordinator, this is only Why the new Why does there have to be a limit year. on it?
0: Why does there have to be a limit on it? You because have that's a, guy, a head coach. You have a guy a that's coach, selling that's tickets, doing his job, and he's keeping your program. Selling tickets is not his job. You're
2: to c- win is his job. That, okay, is, can that I? is
1: where you're wrong. Okay, so I, I okay, this, okay, this, well, look, that's look, where look. we
2: differ. There's no need to argue because to me, in my eyes, I'm a Florida Gator fan. I'm here to win. I'm not here to sit here and say, man, academically, you know, the Gators are at 89% graduation No, I don't care about academics. Rate. I don't give a damn. I don't, I don't care, don't care about, about academics. We're at a 98% attendance rate. I don't give a damn. Did we win a national championship? Who, who brought I you that national championship?
1: What? Who brought you that national championship? Urban. yeah, too, my Urban boy. Meyer. I'm telling you guys. That's my boy. Is Harbaugh a special coach that brings national championships in –
0: no, we have seen that. that? Urban, but Urban Urban look at what is he's also going against. He's going against 3 of the best coaches Wait, of all time basically Which, with Urban Meyer, Nick Saban and, and uh Ryan Day. Ryan Day How the, did Ryan Day is all of a still cent- out on uh, Ryan on. Day?
2: Okay, so Ryan Day is a perfect
0: We got to really cut this short. I know, episode. sorry.
2: Ryan Day is a perfect example. This guy came in to yes, it's a great program. John Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh <laughs> came into You're a terrible, great. That's terrible, dude. Damn You're it. You're arguing you against the fact Jim, Jim Harbaugh came into a great program. Not. No, oh, no, no. Not no, Ohio no, State no, no, status. No, no, Jim no, Harbaugh came no. into ruins. Well, no, this, I know, but it's a Michigan program. It, you get a top 10 recruiting class almost every year. No, we, no don't. we don't. No, we don't. 10 to 15.
1: That's my point. We get to 15 we and we feel good. We've had years in 10 the 10 to 15. No. We've had years okay, in the 20s. Okay, so well, okay. With well, he's still losing no, to Michigan look, State, who that's, gets a, not look, even a top from, 30 or 40. Okay, from the from the Michigan point of view, and I just want to make this very clear. And then we're we're done. Yeah, we need to cut. I know. I'm from from the Michigan point of view, this program went from trying to take that next step to compete nationally championships every single year trying to get cute with their coaches trying to go and find themselves or whatever they were trying to do one bad hire put this program to ruins okay and then no. jim harbaugh has brought them back to something we're close to what they used to be good and the back to normal i'm average. just saying look if we go and find some other coach that's the next big you know 28 year old phenom and it doesn't work out what do we what are we left with what recruits are going to leave at this point Like we have some big time recruits coming in, the best quarterback in the country. JJ, come on now. JJ McCarthy next year coming in. But listen, just saying there's no promise. What he has done is he's brought some hype to Michigan. He's brought players in. He's brought more and more players in. We have been doing this with a lot less recruits than the recruits coming in right now. And by doing this, I mean two to three losses a year.
0: And
2: Michigan always gets great recruits. No, they don't. They did. They no, always did. No,
1: two or three, five stars you are, are great. Totally Ohio wrong State on that. Ohio State five un- stars. That's third string. Michigan
2: has a lot of moolah from the donors. They do. Yeah, they, that's, they that their has school nothing is a big time with, school. It all right, has a I lot agree. to do. With it. All right. But I we agree. don't. We can cut it. I'm glad. At least we can all agree. I'm glad
0: I have permission to cut my own podcast. No, listen. It.
2: At least we can all agree. <laughs> Michigan is a second to third tier. Big second
0: tier in the Big Ten. Second to third. Second tier.
1: All right, I guess that means that we are getting into another depressing game if you're uh I don't know, Michigan fan. Um, another one, yeah. Detroit Lions lost to the Indianapolis Colts 41 to 21, pushing the Colts record to 5 and 2, Lions to 3 and 4. Uh, this this was a, a kind of a beat down game. Lions took an early lead, seven to nothing. Everybody was talking about how Lions get off to fast starts, and then from there, it was just the second quarter was was one touchdown after another, one mistake after another from the Lions. Phillip Rivers threw for three touchdown passes in the second quarter to give the Colts a double digit lead, and they beat the Detroit Lions forty one to twenty one on Sunday. Rivers picked apart Detroit's defense while completing twenty three of thirty three attempts, mostly on short passes or to the outside over the middle. Uh, the th- 38-year-old quarterback also showed he still has some arm strength to go with his savvy touch, perfectly throwing a 29-yard pass to Naheem Hines late in the first half. How would you guys like Naheem Hines? He was quite quite the athlete, right? And he's doing those, like, gymnastics flips in the end zone. I
0: don't zone. like him. He's, he's on my list. The flips were amazing. The flips were very, very Unreal. impressive. And I, don't I'm, like him. I
1: love that he did two in a row, too. Like, he just busted out the second one, and they were giving him grades. Anyways... You know, Lions lost a seventh straight home game dating back to last season and missed an opportunity to win three in a row for the first time with coach Matt Patricia. Stafford was 24-42 uh, for 336 yards with three touchdowns, two to Marvin Jones, who is very slow early on the year. We're seeing a little uptake with him lately, uh, and two costly turnovers. So, um, I don't know. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to get into as far as uh, covering mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. Other than it just get let's get into the details a little bit. Right? Yeah,
0: so, I, look – Obviously, the scoreboard, what was it, what was it? Sorry. 41-21. 41-21. It sounds like, wow, this was a blowout and there was no chance for the Lions to win that game. I completely disagree with that. I think they played pretty darn good, um, but there's just so many times that they shot themselves in the foot. And I'm sorry, but the Lions are, I, I believe, good. Not good enough to shoot yourselves in the foot. And win against a good football team, yeah. and that's what they tried to do. And it's it started with the miss field, or I don't know if it started with miss field goal, but there was the miss field goal at half. That was key, uh, three point swing right there. Um, but you had the penalty on uh, Sheldon or Shelton. Uh, he had that that Danny Shelton, which was that a bull very, crap. Very, I don't want to say bull crap. Oh, it because was though. I thought it was a little aggressive, but then how late the flag came out. It made it a little sketchy. Nope, he left. He left the scene of the crime, and then yeah. two minutes later they threw a flag They threw on the flag, and that's what bothered me. Is, is If they threw the flag right away, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, it was a little late hit, a little aggressive. But the fact that they didn't do it until there was pushing and shoving and until Philip Rivers put his crying face on, that's when they threw the flag, and that's when th- that really was a massive swing because you just knocked them out of field goal range with the sack, and now all of a sudden they got a free first down, eventually a touchdown. That's a seven-point swing right there. You weren't going to have those seven points against you. were going to have the ball. That is massive right there. And obviously the turnovers, the, the strip fumble by Stafford. That Look, I'm not going to say that it was a good throw by Stafford on that pick six. That was a terrible throw in a very crucial situation. Yeah. They could have picked and picked that lead apart if everything fell into place. But... You shot yourselves in the foot. That was the first fumble
1: loss of the season.
0: Yeah, you you shot yourselves in the foot too many times, and I'm sorry. As much as I think the Lions are are a good team, they're not good enough to do that. No, they're trying and
1: expect to win. They're trying to be good. They're trying to get to the point of being a good team,
0: which I think they've shown. And that's that's where I would flashes of being able to.
1: No, but you're right. I'm going to completely agree with you. Early on the game, I'm even going to go farther back than the missed field goal because we saw two drives and. Very early on in this game, the first one it was a, a third and short, and there was a, or maybe even a third and long, but there was a long pass over the middle to Kenny Galladay. He was wide open. It was a low ball. It was an a pretty it easy it. catch. He dropped the ball. That ended the drive. Yeah. Now, that was a twenty yard pass down the field that Matthew Stafford put in the perfect spot where only Kenny Galladay could get it, and and he it wasn't really contested. Yeah, it was an easy catch. He dropped it. Okay, next drive, the same exact thing happened where I think it was. Adrian Peterson on another third down where there was another drop ball. And you can't and that's exactly when when the Colts started getting this momentum and yeah. changing the game. And and on top of that, immediately after that, there was the call with Danny Shelton. Yep. And then what did we see? When the Lions got the back the ball back and they were trying to make it a close one possession game going into half, then there was a misfield goal. You're right. It was it was time after time after time. It was like, you know, I was watching a review of this game on on YouTube um, and, and this guy was just like you know this is this was like the the um, the circus that went wrong. It was like one act after enough, after another looked impressive at first, and then you know the juggler like dropped all the ball. It, it was that you know it was mm-hmm. anything they could do to shoot themselves in the foot in the first half to not take control of that game early on. They did. Yeah,
0: I I completely agree with you. And, and it's look I I want the offensive line to look better against that front. I think that's really a big key to that to the game was the Colts' pass rush against us in, in, without having to get creative, and it made their secondary a little bit better, it made their linebackers in a, in a better spot. They They put a lot of pressure, and they forced a lot of those plays, but at the same time, it just felt like you're shooting yourselves in the foot. They didn't do anything to miss that field goal. They didn't do anything to throw that flag on the penalty. They didn't throw that interception, and they forced the fumble, yeah, but, I mean, I don't know, it's just... It just spiraled out of control to make it look a lot worse. You play that game ten times, I think it's five and five. Well, that's what what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: if you go back and look at the offense for the Lions, did it look bad? No, they they got some separation when they needed. Yeah, the The separation was yeah. It was better. It was better than what we've seen, and some of that had to do with Marvin Hall being more involved because of Kenny Galladay's Galladay's injury, 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 quote unquote. Yeah, but you know. In the end, you know, you have one stat written down here on the sheet of paper. It's the Lions ran the ball seven times on first down for eight total yards. Yeah,
0: I think I got that stat right. I, I heard it, and I quickly typed it. It might have been a little bit wrong. It might have been the opposite seven and eight or something like that. But e- Either way, it was, the
1: full game, they ran the ball 13 times, and they passed no, I, the ball I have 42. That is I have stats. terrible.
2: 13 total rushes, 29 yards. One of the rushes was Stafford for 10 yards. Yeah. One of the rushes was Agnew for 11 yards. Right. Peterson and Swift eight total yards on eleven carries. Unbelievable. Their defense is great, but it should never be that great, <laughs> and, and it, <laughs> it should,
1: should never, should be, never and be, and it should be never great. be, you know, eleven total touches for your running backs yeah. versus forty-two pass. One hundred percent. Forty-two. You can't. Yeah, that's crazy. Eleven to forty-two. Yeah.
0: So I, I, I think we all know like, th- this was. I don't want to say a must win because you have you have stuff in there. Now you have to steal a win or two. From from the tough games. That's really where we're at right now. Um I don't wanna say that I don't want to write this regime off because of this one loss like everybody else trying to do. It feels like when everybody's like, Yeah, they're decent, and then you lose, they're done. Like and, and I'm not on that board <laughs> of going back to our hardball thing, but we don't want to do that. True. Uh, I think there's uh, way just, more
1: unknowns if you're just gonna just start clean. Like how how has that worked out for all the bad teams that have constantly been bad? The Jets, you know, the Browns, the I don't know, the teams year after year after year that, a quick that always yes, that always just start fresh. The Bengals, they're all the same teams that end up there. Yeah. Right? What are the good teams? They're the teams that hold on to their their GM through bad you know, the Saints have been bad. The Saints with Drew Brees have, have won three games in a season and they've stuck with those guys because they believed in the overall scheme. So they said, you know, we're gonna build back a personnel. If I'm an owner, I'm going to pick the guy who I think is the right for the job, and I'm going to see it through for a longer period of time than just a four, three or four year
0: tryout. I agree because I think what they are trying to do, we have seen what they are trying to do succeed. That those have been the bright spots that we've seen from 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 the Detroit Lions. Look, it's not always pretty. Don't I'm not going to pretend that they're, they're a good franchise. a very good team, or anything <laughs> along those lines. But what their goal is has shown to work when it fits. Correctly. that That's where I'm like, I want to see this thing out. I don't want to start over. I trust the quarterback. I trust the head coach. I trust the vision of the organization. Look, do they draft perfectly? No. Do they sign everybody perfectly? No. But what their vision is for this organization seems to – it makes sense. And it seems to work at times, but then also times you're not quite good enough to – to be as flawed as they are, as well. If that's a fair way of looking at it, go ahead, Jarrett.
2: For the most part, it works. It does work against bad teams. That's basically what it comes down to, right? That's
0: where I disagree. It's worked th- against very good teams as
2: well. I mean the the Cardinals. You could say this year.
1: No, you're a good. You're right. Yeah. But a, a majority of, of the
2: wins, which is not a lot, are bad teams. The wins are. Yes. yes. So I don't know how you can sit here and say. This is the guy. I think it does work at specific times. Yeah, the specific times are when you're playing trash teams.
0: No, I, I think that's where I would disagree. I, 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 they beat the Patriots the year they won the Super Bowl. They played extremely hard football and very good football against the Chiefs. I don't want to hear was, It I don't took hear a 99-yard fumble recovery in a fourth and eight but those plays for happen. the Chiefs to win. Right, those what I'm saying, happen. those are good teams that they were good enough to beat, and it works against when things fall into place – they are good enough. But when you shoot yourselves in the foot, you're not quite good enough to beat those good teams.
1: All right, can I just bring up oh, the NFL this week? We saw the Bengals beat the Titans 31-20. Fire
0: the Titans. They're terrible. Well, that's what I'm getting Fire at. Fire the coaches. Yeah, we you saw the Raiders
1: beat the Browns. The Browns scored six points, right? Right. We, we saw, Fire them all. We trade, saw the Rams. Trade, trade the quarterback. <laughs> we saw the Rams lose to the Dolphins. What I'm getting at is... Sean McVay sucks. Uh, all
2: right, so as a Lions fan, <laughs> would, you, would you rather be... A a Bengals person right now, or would you rather have the Bengals team or the Lions?
0: I like the way the Lions are building. I but, really, uh, but truthfully,
2: would you rather be in the the Bengals spot right now or I, the Lions? I'm a
0: big I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow. I'm just
2: <laughs> saying. <laughs> would you rather be in the Dolphins spot <laughs> okay, or the l- Lions? No, look, oh, hold mean, on. No, would you rather be the Dolphins or the Lions with the way they're playing right now? The Dolphins. Would you rather right be with Browns?
1: Two of- or of the Lions. Lions, I'm never going to pick the Browns over the Lions. I know but the Browns are a
2: better team. No, but what no.
1: no, but look, we have seen that, I I at one point I've gone through first overall picks with quarterbacks or first round quarterbacks over and over and over on this podcast and looked to see how they've worked out. It is not a guarantee. It is not the the reason for re- re- rebuild. It's not an answer to turn your franchise around. We have seen it over and over again where first overall picks with quarterbacks end up being good quarterbacks on bad teams, and they do not turn into perennial playoff Bengals. teams. Bengals. Uh,
0: it's one. It's not even a they full two season yet. Bengals have two wins. It's, it's not, not even their offense, a full St- season. Burrow's
2: got, I think, the most... Yeah, how did Stafford like, look his first five games of, the, in all of his, the, his career?
0: Yeah, looked but what I'm,
1: what I'm getting at is that, that people, again, overreact so much game in, game out with teams... We. Does this mean that the Titans are not good because they can't handle Joe Burrow? No. no. They have one of the best defenses in football. They still do. It doesn't change them at all. They're 5-2. and two. They were just 5-0 oh two weeks ago. Are we going to overreact about the Titans?
0: No. We no, have I look, seen them. Packers just got dominated by a terrible team. Fire fire, Flurry or whatever his name is. Lafleur, Rodgers, send oh, well, them send him was packing. The look, Tennessee Titans. When's the last time
2: the Lions ever got to even a playoff win? When's the last
0: playoff win? 93. There you go, Barry Sanders, baby. It was ninety-two. Might have been ninety-two.
1: Either way, Barry Sanders is the best running back of all time. Shout out to BS. All right.
0: Anyways, (laughs) I don't want no more BS. Come on. They 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 put themselves in a position that they have to steal a game or two that they're not expected to win. They have to win basically all the games that they need. That's in front of them. We're in a tough spot. We don't have Galladay Flowers is gone, but we have the Vikings. The Vikings looked really good against the Packers. What what is a matchup that Jarrett? You think? is good for the Vikings against the Lions and a matchup that you think is good for the Lions against the Vikings. Or Vikings against Packers. I, the, oh, wait. I think it the, shouldn't have been on paper. It shouldn't have been a good
1: matchup for the Vikings and Packers, <laughs> right? But they, but they won that game.
0: True, 100%. Uh,
2: listen. Right.
1: you got to be consistent with your Vikings
0: talking. running game is everything. <laughs> My, no. Oh. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> you Nothing. Gotta you gotta good, sorry. <laughs> oh.
2: Vikings running game, that's all we have on offense. So yeah, we just got to shut
0: down. A stud. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin. I,
2: shut him down the last game packers every everybody knows i think going into our games now this year the running game is everything dalvin cook when he's playing the ball's going to him every time listen to the listen to this packers dude cousins 14 total passes <laughs> 14 <laughs> against green bay cook had 30 carries wow you don't two, see 30 I hope carries he's tired. no you yeah. don't ever see 30 <laughs> carries for one player yeah two of the catches two of the passes completed cousins <laughs> where Dalvin cook for 63 yards <laughs> 63. and a touchdown that I, I'm going to pick that matchup every time. Cause cook is that good. Yeah. And he is. our, our offensive line is not great as especially with passing, but I think running the ball, man, I, I would, I know a lot of times when you're rooting for a team, you don't like the whole first down, second down, run the ball, run the ball. And then you got like third and short. Give me that all day. I want first down, second down, run it, run it, Maybe a screen here and there, but that is our offense. Yeah. We have Thielen; he's a dynamite. Justin player. Jefferson, baby, and Justin Jefferson's back, baby. Listen, he so he yeah. is good. He actually good. is good. So, and he has picked up lately, and he didn't do that well against Green Bay, but I think just having two weapons on the outside with a dynamic running game can dude, open things up and against us. I was rooting for I want Trevor Lawrence so bad. (laughs) That ship
0: sailed now with two wins. It's
2: amazing to me, and I don't think we'll get to this point of getting to the playoffs this year because there's only been a select few that have done it from like one in five or whatever. But it's amazing to me to hear like ESPN, CBS, Fox, almost all of them have been saying this is the team that could do that again where – I think we are good enough. If our defense can light it up enough. Sorry, I'm probably. If, I, too if much.
0: I ever said that with the Lions at that record, you would. I'm not pound saying. It. Me into the I just ground. told you. I'm not saying that. But there's a I don't little want part of you that I still
2: like... want to lose out. I still want to lose out. I want Justin Fields.
1: Right. Ryan, how do the Lions win this game? I, I think you. I mean, obviously, you target Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. I don't think. I, I'm a huge Thielen fan, but I think we have some pretty good athletes at the cornerback position to hang with him.
0: Orië. Would you put warrior? Warrior? Well,
1: well, no. I would actually put a warrior on Justin Jefferson because I'm more scared of Justin Jefferson with what he can do. He's mm. physical, and I think he's the you, burner. If you put Okuda on Jefferson, watch out. Two rookies I think Jefferson on each might, other. That'd, that'd be, be kind of cool. That'd I think, but I think Jefferson is going to maybe take that one. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jeffrey Okuda. I want to be a big fan of Jeffrey Okuda, but it he's scares me. Better every if you game. Li- if you line up ten year ten yards off of Justin Jefferson, he's going to eat you alive.
0: See, that's where I feel like put a warrior on him. Let Okuda go uh, go after Thielen.
1: Thielen because he can he has the athleticism physically, to hang around if he physically dominate him. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. Like, and I'm not saying that it's easy to do that to Thielen because I no he's a great I always receiver. love what Th- he's Thielen's a top been. Five ten. Uh, guy. I'm, he really and is. That's I, not even me saying it. He no, is, I agree. I just give think give him the a speed, contested ball.
2: That guy will catch. Yeah, that I think if you ball.
1: if you mess with Okuda a little bit too much because he gets turned around here and there. If you mess with him with pure speed that Justin Jefferson has. Mm-hmm. There's the big play, and yeah. I, and and I think Thielen will probably have that against him too because he's crafty, he's good, he's yeah. he is sly, you know, like he just <laughs> yeah. f- fools people. For
0: me, I I think you guys hit it on the nose. Obviously, you want to shut down Dalvin Cook and and contain the the wide receivers, but on the offense side of the ball, it's like I feel like this is Adrian Peterson's last stand, and in, in my opinion, like oh, if you're man, going to give Pete. if you're going to give him carries it'll be this game True. and if he struggles in this redemption type game then i'm completely done with him and ch- like really turn over what you're doing f- yeah. like focus on, on the ground i i said that last week i'm done i'm honestly done with him but i want to give him a chance against his you're whole done with team. him as the lead back i'm done with him at the lead as yes that's mm. exactly what i'm done with um but Anyways, that. No, no, you and, know and, what? That's an- I, I think establishing the run is going to be huge for the Lions, especially without Kenny Galladay. You're not going to be able to throw the ball 50 times and, and, and win this game because you don't have Galladay. Right. Cephas, I'm sorry, is not going to be able to um, step in. Um, Marvin Marvin Hall, yeah, he was fun last week with 100-plus with yards. But, he, I mean, it, it doesn't work that way that he's going to have that type of game. He can't fill in for Galladay. We don't have anybody that can do that. So you have to establish the run, whether it's Peterson or Swift. That is a focus of mine mm-hmm. here going into this game. Yeah. We can beat their cornerbacks. We can beat their secondary. 100%. Yeah.
2: Our defense is not good, and I will say. Well, what do I know? We don't have, we don't <laughs> have a pass rush at as Minnesota. I say we all the time. We don't that's have fine. a pass rush. We love the weirdness in, in this podcast. We don't have a pass rush. Stafford will have time. I will say the only times that we have really gotten like extremely beat in the passing game is when there's a dynamic number one receiver. Gaudet going out is huge for us. I think that's massive for the Vikings. But Marvin Jones, if Jones can be the guy, because Jones is kind of the same style of tall frame. You can just kind of like throw it to him. He's not going to burn you by any means. He could be your guy this time, where he might get you like fantasy wise. Look for Jones, but our corners are young, very young. They're not They're extremely beatable. talented. Harrison Smith is by far the best player, probably on our defense. We have great linebackers. I wouldn't say Hawkinson's gonna have a great game. I, our
1: linebackers are studs.
0: I Hawkinson's a beast. One of the I one
1: know, of our
2: failures. And freaking, oh, we're. I'm telling you, our linebackers are by far the highlight in Harrison Smith, but. Our corners could easily get beat.
1: Our failure last yeah. game as for the Lions offense was not having that safety net um, with the running back coming out of the backfield for Matthew Stafford. The, the pressure was so fast getting to him. He needed bad. that check down. Mm-hmm. And Swift wasn't even on the, on the field didn't to provide it, that yeah. check down. And I think we need to see Swift on the field mm-hmm. more so he can provide that check down when there is pressure. If, if they're not I'll getting agree. pressure, that's great. But I still want that check down. I want the option for him to go back and look – to have somebody make something for him Because he has to do everything himself right now And that's just That's not a good offense I agree 100% Oh right,
0: guys well, sorry. I'm just. I'm, I'm reading those Facebook comments They're hilarious <laughs> I can't believe they can hear us the whole they time They can hear us
1: all Yeah, that's hilarious. My bad, I don't know how that's possible. Election night. For some reason, there's something about Jared taking his clothes I don't know, (laughs) taking his clothes on. (laughs) I
2: didn't know they could hear me. Yeah,
1: I didn't know either. We all thought we were safe. Anyways, you know that music, guys. It is time to make our DeHop's Brewing Company and Cafe Picks of the Week. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone to stop into De Hop's Brewing Company & Cafe for some of the best beer in West Michigan. They have a family-friendly atmosphere, and it's perfect for whatever you have going on. And if you mention State of My Sports, you can get a nice little discount when you carry out a crowler or on your first pint when you dine in. Whatever your beer of choice is, we are sure De Hops will have something that you will like just as much, if not more. Keep an eye out for some of their great beers also at your late, uh, favorite local beer store if you carry out a six-pack of their double dry-hopped New England IPA Seven Secrets. Stand Delicious, which is their incredible juicy IPA. It's packed with mosaic hops to create notes of pineapple and citrus, soft on the palate, and it'll bring you. Uh, has just enough bitterness to pull you back in for another sip. They also have their World Beer Championship silver medal award-winning Shadow Box Dark Lager. It's also being sold in six packs now. If you're not in the Walker area to carry out a six pack, be sure to ask your favorite beer store to start carrying their uh, great beer. And if you haven't started yet, to Hops Brewing Company Cafe is the official brewery of state of my sports in 2020 so please check them out support them
0: and let them know that we sent you all right so after last week uh micah he went two and three for a 19 and 20 overall record he's bringing up the rear uh ryan you went two and three for a 21 and 18 overall record i went two and three for a 22 and 17 Kyle killed it with 4-1 and one to be at 22-17 overall. We're tied neck and neck. Ryan, you're one game back. Micah is two behind you. We have – I added a game. I added a game. So, oh. Uh, just so you guys know, we have six this week. Jarrett, you're going to be making Kyle's picks. Um, but let's start with some college since we have the college music going. we got Clemson, number one Clemson at number four Notre Dame, who is – a six-point favorite. Micah took Notre Dame. I'm going to take Clemson. Jarrett, you're next, buddy. Who do who, who you got?
2: So, six-point favorite. Um, I think Clemson will ultimately win the game. I really do. I think they're that talented where I'm a Trevor Lawrence junkie, believe Well, he's not love, playing, though. I know, but he's not playing. But I think their overall team is good enough on offense where they have playmakers, and their defense are studs. So, Notre Dame will keep it close. I do think Notre Dame is actually a very good team. Of course, Notre Dame is lucky enough to play Clemson when they don't, don't have, get Trevor Lawrence. Seems kind of... Um, but uh. I'm going to say 31-28 to Clemson. Just they win me. by a field goal. <laughs> Notre Dame plus five, plus
1: six.
0: That was the longest
1: explanation
0: of it. I, I literally like wrote down and crossed off something three different times. You earned your
1: paycheck with that one because I
0: have no idea <laughs> what you're going. But you're just you're going Notre Dame. Uh, I need the producer telling me Mayor to just shut up and <laughs> look, just make look at that. Pit. I wrote that down. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's going this way. No, he's going that way. No, he's go- okay. All right, I'm just Sorry. gonna let him finish. All right, so he took Notre Dame. <laughs> Ryan, who do you have this week?
1: Yeah, actually, there's a funny story about this. Um, when I was eight <laughs> years old, I started <laughs> on, on the lake that I used to go to. No, <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? You, you talk about their defense being so great. They gave up 28 points to Boston College. I'm not really buying it that much. I'm going Notre Dame on this one. I think they are going to be within the spread.
0: Yeah, I went with Clemson. I, did I already say I was going? I, yeah, I'm going Clemson it. because <laughs> I think that they're trying to prove that it's not just about Trevor Lawrence. We'll jump down to uh, Jarrett's number eight, Florida Gators. They are at number five, Georgia, who is a four-point favorite. Jarrett, I'm going to let you go first this time. All
2: right, arguably
0: not non-arguably
2: the Heisman candidate of the year, Kyle Trask, <laughs> is. Oh, <God. laughs> I hate, I hate betting for my team. I I hate I will never put money on my team to win.
1: But with that were. being said,
2: I think we will lose the game by 1, 28 to 27. So Florida will win the spread. Great coaches. Listen, great coaches. <laughs> All right, I'm going to turn his mic
0: down. His, mic's, is his, his mic is off for already, now until he is ready for his next pick. Um he did it. Um, Micah took Georgia. I'm taking Florida. I think they're going to win outright. I don't like Georgia's quarterback. I think Florida is going to score. They're going to score enough points, and Georgia just won't have enough to answer. I turned Jarrett's mic back up, but don't talk yet. Um, Ryan, you're next, buddy. <laughs> Who do you got? I, everything in me wants to take Georgia, but I just don't think they're
1: that good. I think their offense is going to struggle. I'm going to take Florida in this one.
0: All right. We are going down to Michigan at Indiana. Michigan is a three-point favorite, so Indiana is plus three. Micah took Michigan. <laughs> oh, this is where I was going to make my decision. I haven't made my decision yet. Instead, I'm going to let Jarrett go. Jarrett, what story do you have I'm over it? <laughs> it Tell a so, the story. Listen. Shipshawana,
2: Indiana. Beautiful town. <laughs> Amish country. Love it. Um, but you know what? They're just not superior to us original folk. Listen, Michigan will win. This is the game. Harbaugh wins. Again, that middle-tier team that's good. They're very good right now. Indiana's dangerous. It's gonna be a very close game. Michigan will win by one, 28 to 27. So Indy plus three. <laughs> Indy plus three, but Michigan wins. All
0: right, I, I'm taking Michigan. I don't like it because nothing tells me that they should other than they need a redemption game. Both sides of the ball are going to show up ready to play this game. Um, I'm nervous about it. I'm very, very nervous. I probably shouldn't take them minus three, but I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah, I'm going to take Michigan as well. I'd, I think their athletes are going to be
1: um, – Locked in this game, they're, you know they're gonna they're gonna become with a chip on their shoulder. They're gonna have to prove something. They just had an embarrassing loss to Michigan State this last week, and it's it's not a rivalry game, but it's a game that they feel like they need to win. So I think they're gonna show up, and uh, all the other athletes on the team are gonna make this happen.
0: All right, so we got Michigan State uh, trying to keep this ball rolling here. They are at Iowa. Iowa is a seven point favorite. I thought that was really interesting. Mike has taken MSU. I'm taking MSU. I don't know who wins this game. It just screams field goal game to me. So that's why I'm taking the underdog here. My, uh, you're you're Jared. I'm not Micah. <laughs> you're Jared. I would never want to be and Micah. I'm curious if, if I was ever taking. Micah,
2: I would he, He's doing it again. <laughs> move out of this country. <laughs> We're trying to keep this podcast uh, listen, under six hours. This is the letdown. This is the letdown. Rutgers was a letdown. <laughs> this is another letdown for Michigan State. I think their focus... I'm not writing it down no, yet. Don't do all it. All <laughs> of their focus was on Michigan. That is their team that they want to beat every single year. Unfortunately, Michigan's not the same for Michigan State. Listen, 29... Or actually, 30-21 to 21 Iowa. Iowa will beat the spread minus. Seven.
1: Ryan? I have to agree. I'm going to go Iowa. I still don't believe in Lombardi, in Rocky Lombardi. I think a lot of those balls were 50-50s, and it just... I don't know. The wide receivers won the battles. It's not going to go the
0: same way against Iowa. All right. We'll jump down to. Hold on. Change. Here we go.
1: Oh. That means it's professional football. We're
0: picking a couple NFL games here before we call the podcast. Is that right? Yeah, call the. Yeah, see what I did there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was election. There you go. Yeah, you called it. I, yeah, before we call let's it. Go, let's get to it. All right. We got Green Bay at 49ers. This is Thursday Night Football. 49ers, no Jimmy Gulabapadouble. They have. Nailed it. No George Kittles and Bits. Kibbles. George Kittle. He's good. 49ers are a five point underdog against Green Bay. Micah. Surprisingly, took Green Bay. I don't know where that came from. I'm taking Green Bay as well. Honestly, I they lost. They're not happy about it. I'm going to take them. It makes sense.
2: Jarrett. Thursday night games always get a little weird, and the cheese is going to be a little little moldy. <laughs> Um, They're going to win by six. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those games that <laughs> everybody likes folded <laughs> <well, the> cheese. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those games. Actually, yeah, aged cheese is probably yeah, better, exactly right? That's what, it, that's what it is. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. It. All right, this no, is fresh good. new cheese that nobody wants. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Brand new. But for real, I think this is one of those spreads that you look at it and you say, man, this is like too easy almost that Green Bay should dominate San Fran. No Garoppolo, no Kittle. I don't think that Mullen or whatever is that bad of a quarterback for San Fran. I think they still have a good running game. Uh, defense is good. Give me overtime. It's going go <laughs> to go 24-24 to into overtime. Tie. Tie. No, but then Green Bay is going to win with a field goal, 27-24 in overtime. San Fran plus 5.5. <laughs> That's freaking unreal. <laughs> I love this guy. All
3: right, Ryan.
0: <laughs> Packers. <laughs> Dang it, dude. We've been agreeing. <laughs> all right, last week. <laughs> Packers. All right, we have Lions at the Vikings. Vikings are minus four. Micah is taking the Lions. Jared, I'm curious where you're going with this game.
2: <laughs> Vikings are going to kick the shit out of the teacher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's all you got, right? No, 30.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go 30 to 21. Uh running game Dalvin cook is gonna go off again and this will be one of those this time next week you guys will be discussing I cannot believe we weren't able to, to stop the running game when we knew all they had was a running game and that's why the Vikings are frustrating and I'm gonna be frustrated too because we're gonna be three and five in in the middle of the pack
0: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm did I already say what I'm taking no I don't I know. didn't I no, am no, taking let me get the music going I uh, <laughs> I'm taking the Lions. I think plus four makes sense. I, I think they're going to win. Of course I do because <laughs> it's hopium and that's just who I am, and I'm okay with it. I'm not afraid of who I am. I voted Trump. I voted Lions. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. Uh, I'm, I'm going Vikings. Oh boy.
1: I'm going Vikings, and I think Kirk Cousins throws – Thirty two times for three hundred
0: and eighty two <laughs> oh. yards. Justin <laughs> honestly, Jefferson versus Dalvin Cook has six carries for twenty. Uh, Jefferson
2: yeah. versus Okuda, you think Jefferson takes? I think
1: that. I think Jefferson's gonna be
0: a problem for this Detroit secondary, yeah. I like to hear it. Those are our picks for episode 79. But now it is time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partners, Ciciliano's Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan. Like, they have the biggest stock of just craft beer in general. Yeah. Whether it's
1: Michigan beer or craft beer. It's where you go. We're, Every single time I bring up Sicilianos to, to people and they go there for the first time, they come back walking away just being like, that place is awesome. They have everything, more than they ever expected. I mean, it's it's really the place to go in West Michigan.
0: Yeah, and I love, like, you can just walk in there and they'll be like, hey, what are you looking for? Like, whether it's German beers, Belgian beers, Michigan beers, like, they're like, they will be able to put you in the right direction, which is awesome. And, and again, for the craft brewers, they have the biggest stock there for for you guys. They have winemaking stuff. I don't know how you make wine at home. I had no idea that was a thing. I thought you had to be at a winery, in my opinion. I'm, I'm personally not going to go put my, my feet in a bunch of grapes just to make wine. Um, but what do we got going on? Is that a good thing?
2: Uh, Michigan is projected 63% towards Trump. <laughs> Holy smokes. Anyways.
0: Awesome. Look, Siciliano's Market, they're where we go f- to pick out all of our, our beers for epis- for every each and every episode. Um, so check them out. Let them know we sent you. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of our family. So, I mean, just giving them your guys' business, business is a thank big thank you from us to them. So, Jarrett, remind everybody what you were drinking tonight and, and give it a quick little grade.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I have the New Holland uh, Golden Sales Lager. Um, it's good. I When I've had New Holland, I more think of the – not. I don't even know if you can say craft beer, but like Dragon's Milk and really like specialty beers. So when I think New Holland, I don't think of like the Golden Lager, which is just an average oh.
0: – Oh, Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, we yeah, are listening right. to you by the <laughs> no, way. No, yeah.
2: So <laughs> Golden, again, Golden Lagers, Lagers to me are just – it's a it's a typical kind of average beer that always tastes the same to me. So you're not going to go wrong, but you're not going to go fantastic and ever say a golden lager is For like sure. your favorite beer. It's like the beer. most
1: average thing, yeah. It is it, is. Does, but does it always tastes yeah. good. They always but it never
2: taste good. great. I could have. Five of these, and I'd be so content. they're always above. Average just like then, yeah.
0: it's just like <laughs> Michigan football.
2: Yeah, it's just like <laughs> Michigan football. They're gonna This lo- isn't a dragon's milk, Ohio State. No, they lose three <laughs> times. This is uh an average. It doesn't get you um, there with one at fourteen point so five. I'm going to go six point two again. I'm I'm content with six point two.
0: All right, Ryan, what
1: are you drinking? Yeah, his grading skills way different than ours. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's like, I love six point two. Um, all right, Such let's a good see. 6.2. Yeah, I am drinking uh, Merkenstein from Austin Brothers Beer Company. I'm loving their labels again. With this one, this is the New England style IPA with Citra and Mandarina Bavaria hops, um, 7.2 percenter, and uh, this is this is really good. I like the haze that that this beer has. Um, really good flavor. I feel like this flavor is consistent all the way through from the beginning to the very end. So I don't know like what part of the palate, they talk about like mouthfeel. I'm not bringing anything like that up. I'm just <laughs> saying like, you know, you know how you can have a beer where you you taste it at the beginning and then at the end you're just like getting something completely different. That's that's not this at all. This is this is smooth from the beginning all the way through to the end. It's a very very good balanced beer. I'm going with a uh, an 8.0. All
0: right. I'm drinking uh from Brewery Vivant uh, ski Patrol. It is their wheat winter, or it is their winter wheat ale. Um, it is six percent alcohol. Ryan, did you say 8.0? Is that what you said?
1: I got. I did 8.0, Yeah.
0: Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to finish my thought before I kept. talking. I thought here. you were talking about something else. I was, and I just I did just you finish it? F- <laughs> I had a half of the snowman of the eight, and I was like, I know it was an eight, but I don't remember what the point was. 8.0, but, Yeah. Um. But this is their ale. It's uh, with cardamom. And orange peel, six percent alcohol by volume. Look, I am not a wheat beer fan. Um, I, I like uh, like cherry wheat. I think that does a good job, but I needed a little bit more of a powerful fruit. The orange just doesn't cut the wheat for me, so I am going to give it a seven-one. It's solid, not my favorite, but um, we are also all drinking uh, from transient ale. Ryan, can you can you give a little description of transient ale over there? Yeah,
1: so for the transient is, one. This is an eight point five percent. That was just this my is, way of interrupting you guys. Yeah, this <laughs> is. I was very offended by what was going on there. What, what a grade did I give? Talk? Can I do a sports what talk? What grade Political? did I give?
2: Or no? Yeah, let's go for this. Yeah, Tommy Tuberville in Alabama. If you remember him, he was a head coach at Auburn. He replaced the Democratic seat in the Senate in Alabama. He beat Doug Jones. So in now Alabama. he is official, and he's an official senator. He's a senator. In Alabama, he, he was he, a football coach? Republican. He, he used to be the head coach of Auburn. Honestly, if you're, wow. like, if you're you ins- trying to be When a, you look at a picture, you'll know who he is. If you're trying yeah. to get
1: in the Senate or be in on in Congress or whatever or in man. the House, just be a former football coach. because <laughs> be an gonna, Auburn
2: coach and beat Bama a couple times? Yeah, yeah. everybody's <laughs> going to vote for you.
1: Everybody's going to vote for you. Just right. be a football coach. What's Great our game. last beer grade before Anyways, we sign off? Transient, Artisan Ales. This is state change. It's a uh, DDH- Double, <laughs> IPA. It's eight point five percent. Did you guys try this? Because I I pretty much hogged this one.
2: Had really. a Michigan Michigan State game. I think I tried it. This, this is
1: very good. I'm. Are we all going to give it
0: a grade here, Sam? What's going on here? Yeah, we're all we're all grading that. So start us off. What? <laughs> did you guys try it?
2: Yeah. I had the Michigan Michigan State. <laughs> Sorry. I I was pretty buzzed at that. This point. is yours right here.
1: So um. Oh, is that it? Huge fan, great flavor for a double. I'm I'm starting to think doubles are the way to go, guys, because the flavors <laughs> that they can get out of doubles, solid, is really really good. Um, eight point three. Mmm. Mmm. All right, Jared, I, I you're had next, some. Buddy. I, I had some good beers.
0: Oh, we already have the description. Just. Give us a quick little grade of, of what you got here. All right, so I tried
2: the Transient Artisan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, Now, I'm, I'm going to go 7-7. Seven, 7-7. Seven. Seven, seven. That, that is a very good beer. It is That really definitely good. beats a golden lager.
0: Yeah, I, I gave it an 8.0. I, I think it's solid. Just, I don't know. Not my favorite double. What's it, it, it's a warm, What's it missing? What's a little warm, I need A little bit more fruitiness. Is it, I would like you that. You would like it fruity. For a double. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. turn
1: <laughs> I thought Jerry, I thought you were gonna be like transit. That reminds me of Traverse City. You know, I that's got a story true. about that.
0: <laughs> Are they in Traverse City? I don't Gosh. even think I mentioned. No, they're it not. It, I don't dude. think so. Oh. <laughs> I forgot to mention where they were from. But uh, that was episode uh, Brid- seventy-nine,
1: Bridgman, Michigan. Brid- Brid- oh, that's Brid- right. We've Brid- done Brid- a few of theirs. Bridgman? Well, anyways,
0: thank idea. you guys for recording. We'll thank you county, all for listening. It's right blue. there. We will talk to Miami, you guys blue next week, if not sooner. Happy election day. Peace. great sponsors the house brewing company and cafe siciliano's market mac web design also thank you to paradise outlaw for allowing us to use their music for our introduction detroit hustle and for our out six feet down